And now, get ready for an exclusive look into the music industry with Behind the Mic host, Dylan Ingram. I swear 16 was yesterday, but now I'm closer to 28. I'm focusing all of my energy on just staying awake. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Mic. I'm your host, Dylan Ingram, and I'm super pumped to have Nashville-based indie pop singer-songwriter Taylor Bickett with me today. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Thank you for having me. Maybe this is someone's very first time hearing of Taylor Bickett. So if it is, could you just give us a quick elevator pitch of who you are and what all you have going on? Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I am Nashville-based indie pop singer-songwriter, um, as you said, and I, I've i been releasing music for almost two years now. And I started, I kind of got my start as an artist on TikTok, like a lot of people did. And um, like March 2020 is when I really started building my TikTok following. And it's been really cool to see people kind of come with me on that journey from all the way back then. And I really just try to release music. Most of the songs that I've released, I've written by myself, but I also love collaborating with people. And I I just try to release things that feel like really honest to the kind of just how it is to be someone in your early 20s or just someone growing up in the world in general and like navigating difficult love and life situations, um, I kind of just try to be as vulnerable as possible in my music. You've hinted at you've gained a lot of success, but before we dive into all that, I just want to take a second and discuss how you first got involved in music and songwriting. So how did you first get into those? I started doing music, like especially musical theater and choir at a really young age. My 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 parents always say that they I was their first kid, so they didn't like know a lot about kids and like how well they can sing. And they said that I would always sing around the house and they just thought that was super normal. And then their family friend came over and was like, why does your daughter like why does your daughter actually sing the right notes? They were like, oh, all kids can't sing the right notes. And she was like, no, my kids are tone deaf. Like they sound awful. And she was like, my parents were like, oh, and then, so I think and I and I it was that combined with my just like general interest in music always that kind of got me started. And then, yeah, I grew up doing theater. I was big into theater. I thought I wanted to be on Broadway for the longest time. And then I realized like around high school that I didn't want to sing what someone else told me to sing. I wanted to like be I wanted I loved like the art of it all um, and like creating things. And so I kind of transitioned into that. And I went to Belmont University um, in Nashville, Tennessee for for music. And while I was there, I had kind of always dabbled in songwriting a little bit. But then when I was there, actually, my freshman year, I was in a singing competition. And three days before the final round, they told me, like, for the final round, you have to do an original song. And I was like, I don't have any. I was like, I had like a chorus here or there or like maybe like a verse and chorus that I thought were okay. But I didn't I had I never written a full song and especially nothing that I thought was like really good. And so I was like, I freaked out like I was literally panicking and on the phone with my mom like I don't know what to do and she was like just get off the phone and write a song and I wrote my first full song that day I ended up winning the competition and my people were like oh I really related to your song and I was like okay maybe I can do the songwriting thing and like after that I I added a songwriting emphasis to my degree and I started like doing a lot of I just really started diving into writing then um when I was like yeah around like 18. Oh, I don't need to keep making it about me everybody at 23, I know I'm not unique, but I'm a drama queen. I don't know why I'm surprised. It's just a quarter life crisis. 
So one of the biggest songs that you have written and has gained a ton of popularity recently is Quarter Life Crisis. You released that back in October and has gained a ton of popularity in just those past two months. So walk me through what all went into writing that one. Yeah, um, so I I wrote it around this time last year, actually. Like It was right before the new year, and I realized that um, I was going to turn 23 in 2022. And so for some reason for me, that just, I was like, what am I doing? I So like, after I graduated college, I actually went to London for six months, and I had just gotten back from London. And now I was like, okay, now I actually have to go into the real world. That was kind of like a fun little adventure, and now I'm back, and now I have to be an adult. And so I wrote the song, actually like kind of in my head before I put it on guitar, I was just like very stream of consciousness. Like I pretty much wrote it top to bottom. Like the verse came and then the chorus came and then the second verse came. Like it was very fast flowing. It was one of those things that I felt like I just needed to get off my chest. Um, And I wrote it and I remember like I showed it to a couple of my friends and I showed it to my mom and she was like, oh, Taylor, like I really love this one. And I I really loved it too. And I knew that it um, was good, but I, I did, I had no idea how, many people relate to it or like how it would take off. Cause it's, you know, I didn't actually get around around releasing it until 10 months after I wrote it, but I always, yeah, I always like believed in it a lot and it's like just very true to me. And it's like genuinely like a little like slice of me. Like it's just very honest. Everyone listening right now, if you've been on social media, especially TikTok or Instagram the past few weeks, chances are you've probably heard this song. So it's picked up traction as it's fueled a new social media trend where people have been showing themselves at 16 versus today. So your song has been used on over 200,000 social media videos and some pretty big names have even hopped on the trend including Drew Barrymore and Kevin Jonas so that's super cool what have these past few months been like for you watching this song blow up yeah I mean it's been really crazy I think yeah the biggest moment you know when you're when you're posting on social media it's like your family's kind of like okay yeah just doing the TikTok thing they don't really get it but when you're like no, Drew Barrymore used my song. They're like, oh, that I get. Like, they're like, oh, Drew Barrymore, like, that's a big deal. And I saw, I think that when she used the sound, that's that was the moment that I was like, okay, this this is really, really cool. Um, And then, yeah, when Kevin Jonas used it, I was just like, oh my God, it was so full circle for me. And with, I also earlier this year opened, it was like my first like official like opening act slot um, in Nashville. I opened for Laura Murano, um, who I grew up watching on the Disney show, Austin and Alley. And that was so cool. And then Laura used the sound like a couple weeks ago and um, like showing the cast of Austin and Allie growing up. And I was like, oh my, this is so full circle for me. Like it was just so cool. And I mean, yeah, it's been been really exciting and kind of opened a lot of doors for me as well. Um, But I think the coolest thing has been just like the way, like the way the song has like touched people. Like I really feel like it's struck a chord and yeah the trend was like it's just like so wholesome and it's so cool to see people like how they looked at 16 and how they look today and like how much their confidence have, has grown and all these things and it's just like I don't know it's, it's I couldn't have asked for like a better and like a more authentic trend to blow up with my song for sure yeah that's super cool I've really enjoyed looking at all those and seeing people's stories as well so that song has been placed on many of Spotify's top playlists including number 10 on the viral top 50 so your music overall has eclipsed 16 million streams across all platforms and you've built a following of over 250,000 fans on just TikTok alone so what can you say you hinted at it earlier but what can you say about what social media has done for your career I mean I TikTok has been like a long time 
it's been like two years now in in the making and it's like it's I mean it just has opened so many doors for me and has like it's it's just really cool I think the coolest thing for me is like when this song started blowing up my my followers who have been there since 2020 were like I have been here since your first single I have been here since your first ever video like I'm so proud of you that was the coolest thing for me but I mean it's just amazing like I that you can do so much like without a massive marketing budget or without like knowing like having like all the connections like as when I started TikTok I knew no one in the industry and like I was just posting and hoping like something stuck and I think it's really I feel like it's really opened like the door um for people it's 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 just it's made creating music a lot more accessible which I think is amazing um and just for me in general like I yeah this even just since this trend like it's just it's been really incredible like how many new people have found my music which is like always what you hope for as an artist so it's been cool and I just found out that someone from my high school is dead and another one is married with a kid and the rest are So you put out an acoustic version of that song, Quarter Life Crisis, back on December 9th. So what made you decide to reimagine that track acoustically? Yeah, I, so yeah, when I released it just this past Friday, I I was like really just hoping to find, I wanted to call attention to the lyrics in a more meaningful way. I think like the lyrics are like way more emotional than the track scenes. And I love that. I love doing like really emotional lyrics with kind of like an upbeat, like driving track. Like that's always fun. But I was like, this song is can be kind of sad or if not sad, then at least just like a very existential. And I think it would be cool to, yeah, reimagine it in a way that really draws attention to the lyrics. And it's just kind of, you know, I love a sad girl version. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I wanted, I wanted to make something like almost kind of showcasing the more vulnerable side of the track. So that was kind of my inspiration there. Yeah, and that acoustic track kind of dives into this next question. So your fans have described you as a long-lost older sister who's able to help them navigate vulnerable and imperfect moments. So how do you think you're able to make those connections with fans through your music on such a personal level? Yeah, I I remember specifically getting a DM like a year ago or something of the girl being like, I feel like you're my long-lost older sister. Like, you've just helped me through so much. And that's really cool because I don't have an older sister. I am an older sister. I have a little sister and... She and I are super close and I feel like we we both help each other through a lot. Um, but it's it's really cool to be that for people I've never met. Um and yeah, I just think I don't know. I feel like I've I, I like to write about things that are I don't know, sometimes you don't always like feel the right things and sometimes you're you're insecure and you're awkward and vulnerable and you make mistakes and stuff. And I I feel like I always write the best when I'm writing about that because I, I don't know. I, I heard a quote and it was from a rapper and I wish I remembered who it was right now, but they were like, when you have writer's block, it means you're lying to yourself. And I thought that was so interesting. And I've really found that true in my life. Like when I haven't known what to write about is because I, there's something that I am like kind of suppressing in my mind. And so I just like, I like to get it out in the open and the fact that so many people that can relate to it and like have been touched by it is really cool. It's Got me thinking that you might be just my type And I'm taking what you give me, it kills me Can you kiss me in the back so your friends won't see
Just My Type is another one of your popular tracks, which released back in 2021. What do you remember about that one? Just My Type I is, is, is a perfect example of a very imperfect moment in life. And it's it's actually a fictional story. Like when you listen to the lyrics, um, I so I wrote I wrote the first verse kind of just being about how like I was like so many of my friends or like people I know or even things I've seen in media. It's like you fall for somebody who is in a relationship and they are acting like you're special to them, but they're, they're really just like manipulating you. And I just, I feel like I'd seen it a million times before. And like, I, I had had experience wanting to be with people who were emotionally unavailable. And so like the, you know, the first lyric is I like I'm unavailable. And um, so my, my friend Dasha and I finished the song and we wrote it kind of the scenario is like, you're, you're, wanting somebody who is in a relationship and they're kind of leading you on and telling you that they want you and everything. And, and that's, that's a very, very gray area situation. And that's like, unfortunately something people can relate to. And I, I don't think it's ultimately, it's not something to be ashamed of. I think it's, it's, it's more of a story about like being manipulated and not always making the right decisions, but also, you know, kind of, yeah, I think it, it's it's really it's really vulnerable and raw for a lot of people and so when I released that I was nervous because I was like oh I don't want people to think I'm like supporting you know immoral behavior but I I, I think people really got the sentiment of it that it's just because you know like the the sentiment of the song is like I want I want people who are bad for me that's really the overarching theme and I think so many people can relate to that so you kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier but something really cool is that you were crowned the first female champion of Lightning 100's Music City Mayhem which is a contest for independent artists so this contest is best known for for seeing the success of indie rock band Moon Taxi which I've actually had on this show several episodes back which is really cool so this is a cool full circle moment but how did you first hear about that contest and what was that experience like yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, Moon Taxi was the first ever winner. Um, and I had always heard about it, but my, my, one of my best friends, Michaela, uh, Michaela Baker, she reached out to me earlier this year and was like, you have to do this contest. Like, I think it'd be like huge for you. And like, just like getting recognition in Nashville. And I was like, okay. And the way it works is it's mostly like fan driven. So it's like, you get the most votes, you go into the next round and it's like a bracket which is a lot of pressure as an artist. And I'm like, you're like posting and you're texting everyone, you know, like, please vote for me. But what was so cool about that is like my TikTok following really stepped up. And I ultimately think that's um, how I got to the finals. And then at the finals, it's like partly based on judges and partly again, based on votes. And when I won, I had no idea that another, like a female artist had never won before. And somebody from Lightning 100 who, the people at Lightning 100 are incredible. And like, they have been so kind to me and so helpful for me through this entire thing. But one of the women who works there came up to me and she said, I just want you to know that you're the first ever female winner. And I was like, wow, like that is a really big deal. And she was like, it really like means a lot to all of us. Um, Cause it's, you know, like there, there are a lot of male artists and a lot of like male bands out there. And I think especially in like kind of the, like the indie scene, like for a, for a contest that's mostly kind of like indie rock type things, I think it was cool to have like a female pop singer songwriter win it. Um, and I think that was cool to a lot of people at Lightning 100 and was definitely really special to me. Um, and yeah, just the whole, the whole thing, I think having people step up for me in that way and vote for me. And then too, just like the outpouring of support I got from like the entire Nashville community afterwards was just 
really cool. I'm so grateful I did it. And I'm so grateful to Michaela for telling me to do it because I probably wouldn't have otherwise. So <laughs> thank you to Michaela. Shout out to her for getting you in the contest. Definitely worked out good for you. Well, that's awesome. So recently you've performed at Nashville's Live on the Green Festival, which was headlined by Sheryl Crow, Coin, and several other big name artists. The rooftop of the Eastern in Atlanta before Carly Rae Jepsen and the Georgia Theater in Athens before Sammy Ray and Friends. So you've also opened for artists like you mentioned, Laura Morano and Hunter Hayes. So what would you say is your most memorable performance that you've had so far in your career? Yeah, I mean, Live on the Green, I think definitely takes the cake. I That's put on by Lightning 100. And so like after I won the contest, they're like, we have to get you on this festival. And it was my first ever festival. It was like, a, you know, it was, it had like the stage and the lights and I had a full band and it's a free festival. And I had like a ton of people come out. I was so surprised at like all the people from random places in my life, like friends from Belmont, friends in the community, people who follow me on social media. Um, I remember there's a family of mom and um, kids and they were in the front row like dancing to everything. And I was like, this is just the coolest thing ever. Um, and it was like just the best day of my life. Like it was just so amazing. Um, and I mean, the other the other performances were so cool too. I think the, the two shows I did in Georgia were really special. Also, shout out to Michaela for getting me those shows. <laughs> But um, yeah, so she works, she works at AEG who um, books the rooftops of the Eastern and the Georgia Theater. And um, she and I did a road trip together to do that. And we, we just had the best time. I'll never let you close, never let you know how much you could hurt me. I'll keep the upper hand much as I can stand. So I'll never worry about falling too hard. Letting you break my heart. That's not how it's going to go. So I'll break my own. Break My Own is another one of your 2021 releases. What's the story of that one? That was my first ever video to like go viral, like really big. In 2020 is when it blew up and it really just changed everything for me. Um, and when I released it in 2021, yeah, it was my first ever single. So it was just really cool to see all the support from people. And I wrote it about just about being um, really guard, like really guarding your heart and being so afraid that someone else is going to hurt you that you almost hurt yourself by not opening yourself up to love and to that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it was, all, it was another like very vulnerable song. And it's kind of, I know I, I got a couple, like you always get the hate comments, like it's just going to happen. And I got some comments being like, this is such an unhealthy mindset. And I'm like, that's the point. Like if we can't, if we can't write about that, then like, what are we doing? Like the point is that I hate that I do this. I want, I want to be someone who can be vulnerable and open to love, but I've been hurt and I'm scared. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So it was another just like a cool moment of people like reaching out and saying that they related stuff like that. To do music professionally like you do, you obviously have to have a love for it. And I can tell that you do. So what would you say is the best part of getting to do music as a job? Yeah, I mean, I love so I actually I actually have a day job still at the moment. Um, so I'm I'm kind of doing two full time jobs, <laughs> which is really cool and a lot, but it's worth so worth it um, to be able to do music. And hopefully I'll be doing music full time very soon. Um, but I um, I would say the best part is just like 
I don't know, like I get to go to a write, like I write a lot with other people in Nashville. And like, I went to a write the other day and I was actually going through something like really difficult in like my relationship life. And it was happening real time. Like I was like, he's texting me and I'm texting him and, and I'm, we're writing the song about it while it's happening. And it's like, every write is like a therapy session almost. And it's like so emotionally vulnerable. And that is like such a special thing. Like that is just so beautiful. And the people that I write with, I feel so connected to because we have shared such like emotional things things with each other in order to get the best art out of it. And I love that. Like, yeah, that's my job. Like I, I go and I go hang out with some of my best friends. We write a song. It's a banger. I put it out like that's the dream. And then, of course, like I hope to I hope to play more shows and I'd love to tour one day. And like I love performing like more than anything. And the fact that one day that will be like my job, too, is just a dream. <laughs> but I should have guessed it would happen like this. Anyone with common sense could see it. I should have guessed I'd be crying in my kitchen while you're busy kissing somebody I can't compete with. And we both know I can't make it even. I probably needed a reality check and now I've got one so I really should have guessed final song that you currently have out that I wanted to highlight is I Should Have Guessed. What do you want people to know about that one? That song is so, so special to me. Um, I, I wrote it in 2020 and I released it just this summer. And what's special about that one is, and so many of my songs are this way, but it's like extremely honest. Like there's a lyric about, I should have guessed I'd be crying in my kitchen. I wrote that the day after crying in my kitchen over somebody um, to my roommates. And it's just very real and kind of sad, um, but it, I think it really highlights like I, I have a tendency, as do a lot of other people, a lot of other artists and emotional people to over romanticize everything. And the song is really about over romanticizing something and then getting hurt and being like, why didn't I give myself a reality check? Like I could have avoided this by not building up a fantasy in my mind. Um, and I think, yeah, I just think that's unfortunately <laughs> that happens more than we'd like it to so you're telling me in just a few weeks on january 19th you're playing a show opening for busy who is super talented and also one of your good friends so what are you looking forward to most about that show oh my gosh i'm so excited for that it'll be like my first like show like official show in 2023 and yeah busy is um if you guys haven't heard Busy, you should go check her out. But she she's a fairly new artist. She started releasing music this year, but we know each other from college. And when she asked me to open, I was like, oh my God, yes, this is so perfect. And um, we, you know, we have, I think we've got similar audiences. So I'm very excited to play and open for her and also just like share a lot of the new music I've been working on because I haven't, I haven't done um a show in a couple months. So it'll be really nice to get out there and be like, hey, look at all this stuff I've been writing in the last couple months. So besides music, what are some of your other hobbies that you like doing? So I've gotten back into this actually. And it's funny because I have a lyric in Quarter Life Crisis about how I used to love to read for fun and now I don't anymore. But this year after writing the song, I think the song like it manifested me beginning to read again for fun. And I've really gotten back into that, which has been really cool. Um, I love to, I really like to like journal and draw like whenever I'm babysitting I'm always like you guys want to draw because I love just like doing like, pretty much anything artistic count me in um even if I'm not very good at like I'm not very talented in the world of visual art but it's just very calming to me um and I love oh my gosh this is what it is crosswords I'm obsessed right now I'm really in a crossword phase of my life I I have the New York Times crossword app and I I will spend like hours like if I'm on a plane it'll be like my screen time will be like four hours on the crossword like I'm obsessed <laughs> 
um, which is, yeah, so fun. Um, and I, you know, I love, I like going on walks and when I'm home and I actually have my bike, like, you know, home with my family, like riding my bike and, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> so I'm curious, were, were you a big Wordle player when that was big? Oh, I'm still, I still play the Wordle every day. We, my family, we now have two group chats. We have a Wordle group chat where we always send, and then we have a crossword group chat. And I have to say, I am crushing my family at the crossword. They're always like, oh, this is so annoying. Taylor's always beating us because you you do when you do the mini, you get timed on it. And I'm just I'm just a little bit a little bit obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're getting the alerts in the group chat. They're like, oh, not Taylor again. She's <laughs> yeah. My dad said the other day, he was like, we need to like hold a group where we practice and Taylor's not invited. <laughs> you tell me before this interview that you have several songs in the works and your debut EP, which is super exciting. So what do you want fans to know about that upcoming project? I... I have been writing and have been recording a lot of songs that I'm pumped about and that I think people will really like, hopefully. And um, yeah, I am finally working on a project. I have like been, just been releasing singles for almost two years now. And so I'm so excited to like create something cohesive and to give give people a project. I'm really excited about it. Um, and I don't I don't have a lot of specifics to share, but it's coming. <laughs> so is there any kind of time frame that people can be looking for? Or is that still kind of up in discussion right now? Definitely next year. <laughs> when that's coming or anything else you have going on, what's the best way for fans to engage with you and get updates about when you got new music coming, when you got shows coming up or just anything you got going on? Yeah. Um, so they can follow me on Instagram at Taylor Bickett. My last name is B as in boy, I-C-K-E-T-T. -T. I always tell like, anyone I if I'm like at the doctor I'm like be some boy like, <laughs> um, so yeah at Taylor Bickett on Instagram at Taylor Bickett music on TikTok and then if you go in my link and bio on either of those you can sign up to actually like get texts when I release new stuff or like if I have a new pre-save link or a new video or a new show coming out like if you sign up to be like on my text chain I'll I'll literally text you and tell you this is what you need to know this is what's coming so that's probably the best way that's awesome so anyone listening right now definitely need to take advantage of that get signed up for the text alerts by taylor bickett go follow her on tiktok instagram to stay up to date on everything that she's got going on and go go show up on january 19th check out the show and maybe get a preview of some of those new songs live that she's been working on it's got a lot of cool stuff coming up a lot of exciting stuff but taylor thanks again for taking the time to come on thank you again for having me that was behind the mic with dylan ingram make sure to stay tuned for future episodes the morning morning to midnight morning morning to midnight what's changed in the morning in the morning what is it about the sun